Yo, yo, yo. Hello and welcome back to the Lenkham Show. This is episode number 89. And this week, the, I suppose the main title of this podcast is related to an article that really, really hacked me off, courtesy of the Daily Mail. And I don't read the Daily Mail, but this is uh, just something that, for, for whatever reason, popped up on my timeline because it's just tr it transpires that it is actually written in 2017, 2017. So about seven years ago. And the headline was, too much exercise can kill you, especially if you are a white man. And the study finds seven and a half hours a week of fitness doubles your risk of heart disease. And I don't know, in, initially, the first thing that came to my head is that the last thing that the world needs right now is more weak white men. We should be encouraging people, like not just men, but people in general, to be strong, take responsibility for themselves and be physically fit, competent, capable of exerting themselves and getting through life. And exercise has endless benefits. <clears throat> so this was something that I really did not want to see at the time. So I'll be breaking that down. I've actually gone and found the actual research article that it was based off. And I'll go through some of the findings of that. And a couple of other things that I've seen along the way as well. So uh, the first thing is, apologies for not putting out an episode over the last couple of weeks. First week, I was incredibly unwell. I was just, well, I say incredibly unwell. I really wasn't able to function well at all. So I was doing the bare minimum. I was turning up to the gym, doing my sessions with clients, keeping a distance because I don't want to make them ill. And obviously working with my own clients as online clients as usual, and ultimately just doing the bare minimum, lying down. Like it was one of those illnesses where I just couldn't get warm. Like at one point I was laid by the fire for about probably a couple of hours, chucked a load of logs on, closed the doors to the snug room and it, it gets it gets warm and it gets hot in there. Like there are times I'm sat in there with shorts and t-shirts and I'm sweating and I, I just couldn't get warm, couldn't get warm. I felt somewhat under the weather. So uh, I've recovered from that. And then last week, because of school holidays, half term, we were away for the back end of the week. But now I'm back and it is normal service resume business as usual. So I'm going to go straight in. One of the things I've been doing this week and getting back on top of my own training <clears throat> after not feeling too great. And it was one of those weird things where it, it just completely flattened me. And I knew it was unwell because I went for a run on the Tuesday and I only did. I mean, it was, it's not, it's about a 13 kilometer loop from my house round down the canals, round Old Trafford, and then back through Manchester. And we got to Old Trafford, it was about eight kilometers of running down the canal. And I was absolutely gassed. We more or less walked the entire way back. It was freezing cold. It was raining. I was wearing a t-shirt. The dog was miserable. I was miserable. And then later on that day, you just continued to go downhill. I was working with clients for the rest of the day. And in the evening, I thought, right, I've got a bit of strength work to do to finish off my day, to finish off my training. So I got the trap bar out, trap bar deadlifting, sets of six, like not high volume, relatively low volume leg work for me. And I did the final set. I think it was about four sets, maybe five. I think it was five sets. I did the final set. I put the bar down. I just, I think, I think my words were something along, along the lines of "f me," like that was me absolutely cut done. I just picked the stuff up, put it away, went home, and then the Wednesday was like zombified. So, 
getting back on top of training now, following the usual routine and usual pattern. I'm going to give you a couple of training circuits, which I've implemented and added into the routines at the minute. So all with the aim of developing speed and power, you can get access to these through my online programming. If you're on any of my kicking programs, then you can gain access to these as well. But the two training circuits are as follows and you can use them as you please. So number one, you're going to start with a heavy deadlift. You're going to do sets of, it's going to be three reps. After you've done your heavy deadlift, you're going to give yourself 10 to 15 seconds worth of rest. You're going to go into an underhand medicine ball throw for maximum height. You're driving through the ground as hard as possible, slinging the ball as high as possible. Three reps again. Once you've done that, hands on hips, vertical jump, jumping as high as you can, three reps, and then another 10 to 15 seconds rest. And your final exercise is alternating split squat jumps. Again, working three reps each side. And after you finish the circuit, after you finish the whole set, take two to three minutes off and then go again. You can repeat that circuit total of three to five rounds. You could either use it as the main part of your training block if you've already done some other stuff and if it's like a standalone session later on in the day. So for instance, if I've been out running in the morning, it's just a bit of light fitness. I might then do this as kind of my main strength and power development work later on in the evening. It could even be used as a bit of a neural drive circuit the day before a game. In which case, if you are doing that, then you need to moderate the loads, make sure you're working to the point where you're not fatigued. So you're not developing fatigue. You're not exhausting yourself. You're not just getting tired. You're actually working to speed up the nervous system and just work. So as soon as, like, for instance, with this, the main gauge would be as soon as the height starts, obvious ones, height on the on the medicine ball throw, as soon as that starts to drop, Time out. If your vertical jump gets less and less, done. You've done enough. If you're alternating split squat jumps, if they're not as quick or as sharp or as bouncy, you're done. You've had enough. You don't need to keep grinding through it. However, if you're doing it as a standalone session or you want to really push yourself and you've got time to recover before you play or train again, <clears throat> go hard. Go really heavy on the deadlifts. You could even work towards a 3RM. You could modify these reps if you wanted to do more endurance-based stuff and build a bit more stamina. You can go higher reps on your deadlift. You could be looking at five, six, seven, eight reps. You could even hit big sets. Uh, underhand med ball throws. Again, you could go bigger sets if you wanted. The bigger the sets you go, the less rest I want you to take in between circuits, in between the full set. And in between the exercises, just enough time for a couple of breaths, get yourself set and then go straight away. So you can sim you can see there, there's a very, very simple way that you can take that strength and power-based workout and turn it into more of a conditioning circuit. The second one can work in a similar style. So this was one today. I actually did this as a 30-minute AMRAP. So 30 minutes, as many rounds as possible but not speeding through it. The aim is quality, good execution all the way through and pushing the strength side of things. So heavy weights and obviously if you want to change up your reps and your weights and modify the circuit, feel free to do so. But this is how I did it. So um, heavy, high box step up. So you're almost working from a bit of a deficit. So the the... Uh, range you need to get to your knee will be coming up above the hip it's a high step up it's beyond your normal step up kind of range 
six reps each side, holding a heavy dumbbell. Then moving into rotational medicine ball throws, turning, rotating, hitting it into a wall and catching it on that bounce back. So you're getting benefits, you're getting the generation of power on one side and then absorbing it from the other. Six throws each side on that. Then into six power cleans. If you know how to power clean, if you can't power clean, again, I would recommend just go back to the underhand net ball throw or any kind of way to jump. You could do a way to jump with dumbbells. You could do a way to jump wearing uh, a vest. You could do it to a box. Change it up any way you like there. And then the final one was a heavy bench press. So a little bit of a breather, but still pushing towards that upper limit. And the bench press was only four reps as well. So again, you can modify those reps. You can change it up slightly. Be smart with it. Again, if you're going to go for more conditioning and just working at a high heart rate, then you can go, again, moderate weight on the step-ups. You could go higher reps, like 10, 15 each side. Rotational med ball throws, same thing, same principle. The power cleans, again, you can go higher reps, maybe a slightly lighter weight. And the same thing for the bench press. You could go 10, 15 reps on the bench press and work that way. So two very, very simple circuits there for you to use. Take that away. Do whatever you like with that. If you want to know more, if you'd like to get more information on it, then feel free to drop me a message. We can have a little chat about your training. We can have a little chat about what would actually be a more beneficial way for you to go about your business. But in terms of speed and power development, there are a couple of the little things that I'm doing at the moment and quite a few of my clients are going to be seeing some similar things to that as well so a couple of direct little bits there for you to get your teeth into now on the kind of topic of speed and power this was something that i saw uh this week as well which is athletics weekly are planning to trial a new format for the long jump, which, and I think this is really interesting. I think this is a great idea. So at the minute, they use a takeoff board. There's like a strip of plasticine. If you step on it, it leaves a mark. You get a red flag for a no jump. So I think this was as a result of one of the championships recently. There was a remarkable number of foul jumps or failed jumps, which isn't what you want to see at high level international competition. You just want to see people jump as far as possible and find out ultimately either who can run the fastest, who can jump the furthest, who can jump the highest. And using the current takeoff board, I think at the minute really limits that. So what they're actually proposing to do is to have a takeoff zone where as long as your, as long as your foot is in that, then it will be a legal jump. So if your takeoff foot is in the takeoff zone and you jump from there, land it in the pit, and then what they're proposing to do is use technology to measure from the front of your takeoff foot to the back part of your jump. So obviously if you land on your bum, it's the point closest to your takeoff foot that they're going to measure, which I think is actually going to result for probably some bigger jumps because athletes will be able to commit harder and more aggressive in their run-up and their takeoff. And I think we're likely to see just more jumps, more legal jumps in general. So the only thing I think it will add a little bit of tension because with the takeoff zone, like at the minute from the edge of the board is where it's being measured. So athletes are actually losing distance on that. World records are going to go straight away um, unless someone has managed to nail the perfect jump. Because if you're if you're slightly behind the edge of the board where the jump is going to be measured from and you're losing nine centimetres, 
but you go and jump, you know, a world record level jump, we'll just add another nine centimeters to that. And that would give you your real legit legal jump. That would be the distance you jump from. So I think this will be a really, really positive change. I think it'll be a really good change. And it will add to the drama as well, because at the minute where we have a, a board given roughly the distances along the alongside the sand pit for where the athletes are landing, you won't know. Like, yeah, you might have the board still for those rough guides, but it's going to give a little bit more leeway because you won't necessarily know how far they were in the takeoff zone or where their foot was. So the measurement from the edge of the foot to the end of the jump is going to be pretty tight. It's going to be pretty tense. So I'm, I look forward to actually seeing that trial. I'm actually really, really interested in that. I think it's a really good move forward. And it's got me trying to... I'm going to rack my head now to see what other Olympic events could be modified through the use of technology in the same kind of manner. I think that would be interesting. Time trials are kind of an example of the format that I think this would follow where as an individual cyclist, you just pedal as hard as you can but the distance required and you get a time measurement for it very very simple very very different to racing so if you were to go right we're going to do a swimming time trial and each athlete is going to be in the pool on their own swimming as fast as possible i mean that would take forever for starters and also it's more fun isn't it if it's a, if it's an actual race i mean imagine if you had everybody jumping at the same time <laughs> Don't do that. That would be a bad idea. There's only a certain amount of space in that sandpit. Anyway, this is just, I'm going to uh, rack my head around this and see what I can actually come up with. And I'll get back to you if I think of anything worthwhile or anything interesting. Anyway, going back to this research article. So as I said at the start, the headline, the title, too much exercise can kill you, especially if you're a white man. Study finds seven and a half hours a week of fitness doubles your risk of heart disease. That was the headline that they went with. And on, well, I'll, I'll kind of go through some of the key points. So reach, this was uh, research in Chicago, assessed exercise patterns over the course of 25 years. So the exercise patterns were reported via questionnaire. So it was just voluntary informers of your activity levels, and there we go. So there's no real gauge on how hard people are exercising, not necessarily knowing what type of exercise people are doing. Like I imagine you would get very, very different results for someone who is a power lifter versus someone who is uh, a distance runner. Obviously, distance runners much more likely to rack up that exercise time due to the nature of the activity and the ability to continue training at that level. We have no idea if they were taking any additional supplements, what their actual diet was like. It's very, very tricky to nail this and get it perfect. So, call me a bit slack. Uh, anyway, they found that very active white men are 86% more likely to experience a buildup of plaque in the heart arteries by middle age. Now, that 86% is not necessarily a fair percentage um because the results were reported as odds ratios so for instance it was 1.86 and odds ratios do not necessarily translate directly into percent so 
for them to say that it was 86% might not necessarily be realistic. However, we get the point. There is a massive increase in terms of the chance and the possibility that you are going to develop uh, coronary artery calcification in this instance. Uh, and then it says this was not the case in black men based on 3,175 participants. <clears throat> so, again, I think it's it's hard to say because, like, obviously, difference in diet, difference in culture, difference in exercise type. It's difficult to actually draw a solid conclusion. And they the researchers in their own article there just skip straight to their final conclusion where they say white individuals who participated in three times the recommended physical activity guidelines over the course of 25 years had higher odds of developing coronary subclinical atherosclerosis by middle age. These findings warrant further exploration, especially by racing to possible biological mechanisms for causing the coronary artery calcification under very high levels of physical activity. Now, when I had a look in the actual article, uh, the researchers, study co-author Dr. Jamal Rana, a cardiologist at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, said high levels of exercise over time may cause stress on the arteries, leading to higher coronary artery calcification. Yes. However, this plaque buildup may well be of the more stable kind and thus less likely to rupture and cause heart attack. So, Therefore, less of a problem, uh, which was not evaluated in this study. So they haven't necessarily measured the type of coronary artery calcification. So, uh, sorry, no, they haven't necessarily measured the specifics of whether it would be more likely to cause a cardiac arrest. It says, however, it does not suggest that anybody should stop exercising. I think that final sentence speaks volumes when you're in the business of writing headlines and the daily mail and you need to write an article about nothing that means nothing and should not change the way that people exercise or live their lives you have to sensationalize and upsell to a another level and that is exactly what me and a graph of the daily mail did and i want to find I mean, I mean, to be honest, I will I will also add this. If you get your health and fitness information or any information for that matter from the Daily Mail, then your shit is wired wrong and you've got things backwards. So, <clears throat> yeah, my, my general take on this was there's a study that doesn't really show anything groundbreaking. The, the study itself says that you shouldn't necessarily change the way that you're behaving. I mean, the, the other thing is we need to take into account what, about the body fat percentage and actual health markers of these people who are more likely to develop a buildup of coronary artery calcification, who, who are more likely to build up plaque in their coronary arteries and other blood vessels, obviously, as a result of high levels of exercise. What about strength, VO2 max, actual key markers for health and longevity? What, what are we saying about that? Can we measure that for a second, please? Because I can guarantee that if someone exercises for over the course of 25 years, which was for this study, if someone exercises to that level every single week on a regular basis, they will have low, lower 
lower levels of body fat. They will have increased muscle mass. Most likely they will have a higher VO2 max. Obviously sports specifics and training specifics need to be factored into that. And therefore will be less likely. I imagine they will also have increased leg strength, higher foot, faster foot speed, various markers for actually being healthy over the long term as opposed to the people who are operating under the recommended guidelines for physical activity who will be more liable and I would suggest more likely to suffer a heart attack. I would love to see actually the data on whether the people who were under the guidelines suffered cardiac events more frequently than the people who exercised. And again, you'd have to do all the ratios for this than the, the people who exercised for over seven and a half hours of activity or indeed simply exercise more. I'd love to see the breakdown of that data as to who actually suffered more cardiac events. And then again, why, why bringing race into things as well? I suppose like this is where there are differences between black people, white people, Asians, like individual differences are a huge factor in training. We need to account for that. Making it about race, not about that. I'm not a big fan. So, ultimately, if you're exercising a lot at the minute, don't be scared by this. Don't be pissed off by it like I was. Don't change a damn thing. Keep working. Keep training. Enjoy yourself. Stay fit. And just be a beast. Live your life like a badass. If you want or need any help in doing that, then drop me a message. Come and speak to me. Message me on Instagram, Alex underscore Lankowski underscore performance, or drop me an email, alexlankowski at gmail.com, and I will get back to you. We can always schedule a time. If you just want to chit-chat about your training, find out what you're doing, find out what you could be doing differently, then let's do it. Let's get the show on the road. Let's jump in and get started with that. I'm a nice person underneath, really. I think, maybe. Mm. Maybe not. Anyway, been an absolute pleasure. I will be back again next week and I am working to get some more awesome guests on the podcast. I've got a few people lined up who I really, really want to speak to. So you won't necessarily just have to listen to me drone on like this every single week. And Chris will most likely be back on the podcast again at some point soon. So until that point, take care of yourselves. I will see you again soon. Lenko out.